Welcome back to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Feels Like Weezer. And I'm Shanti from Muses. And with me, as always, I have my beautiful co-host. I'm Lynx. Hello. Nice to join you. Oh, thank you. Thank you both. Uh, this has uh, been a long time coming and, uh, you know, we 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 were part of the same network. I'm not going to delve into that. I should have. I was barely going to mention that in the green room, um, but we kind of had our little technical issues and uh, got past that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I, I came to know you through the the uh, the network um, that I'm on, um, and uh, and you were on. Um, but uh, you know, it's yeah, it's great. I, I love the show. I've listened to a few episodes here and there of Muses. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It really, really plays a big role in in this movie. I think you know. Uh, it sure I, I've, does. I've used, I've used the word "muse" as to just help describe Penny several times now over the course. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah we're a big fan of yours as well, oh, and you. we love this movie. We love muses. We love groupies. Yeah. So we're really excited to yeah. chat about this movie. The chat awful, about Penny Lane. The awful G word. <laughs> Some might see it that way. But we you, are. You, you claim it. Right? We we claim oh, it. Absolutely. We're proud groupies. Well, that's, I'm so glad. Uh, and uh, this is minute ninety this week. Here it's like week seventy essentially. Um, but minute ninety starts with Penny explaining that she's no good at goodbyes, and ends with William half lying on the phone. I love this scene. I really do. I'm no good at goodbyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's very you Shanti actually did you pick this for us because I felt like when I found out we were doing this it it felt right it felt like we were meant to cover this one yeah well when I got the document I guess it was I definitely made sure that we had a penny heavy scene good <laughs> oh yeah that would yeah it, you know it would have been crazy to not have any penny <laughs> <laughs> so there were lots of good Penny Lane scenes, of course. And uh, yeah, this one, I don't know. It feels like we're kind of wrapping up in a way towards the movie. And oh gosh, yeah. we see her as a fully formed character at this point. And William, too. So I'm excited to chat about them and some of the things that we like about this scene and, and the things that maybe we don't or we go, hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's there's definitely yeah, this is almost like the uh you know, I mean we'll be getting to, to it in I guess the next in about a minute or two here, um away. Um essentially. Yeah, two, I think. Um but yeah, it's it's definitely like the third of kind of the cringy cringy moments that uh you know, it it, it if it were a movie made today, twenty plus years later, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. uh it's possibly Oh, you any, know any that we have that in our notes happen. in minute yeah. ninety three. Yeah. <laughs> We're definitely not Which strangers at strange. talking about things like that in yeah, music wow. history. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, one, one thing I did want to pick up real quick, and we actually do hear it at the very, you know, very beginning of this minute, or even throughout, you know, good half of it, maybe at least, um, uh, for the song that's playing. <laughs> I, I meant to mention it last minute because I, I even said it at the minute previous. So I'm going to mention this thing for the next minute, and I forgot last minute uh, with uh, with um, uh, Mike. Um, uh, the uh, mandolin that came in last minute and still and still here prominently this minute um, uh, played by Davy Johnstone and and man I mean that that is an instrument I'd love to pick up and and try to play some if 
I ever found one or I, I almost, you know, I was in, in at least one contest, if not a couple little or raffle things, you know, to possibly win one at one point. Um, but not, no luck there. But um, yeah, I mean, if then if there's any anything the two of you want to kind of want to get into at least a little bit of for the song that's playing, um, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's. I was I once kissed a mandolin player. <sighs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Showing off the groupiness oh, already. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we're here to represent. Yeah, I I love this song and I love the album that it's on. I yeah. love Honky Chateau. For me, I feel like if you're entertaining, it doesn't matter who you have over at your house. Mm. You can put on Honky Chateau and it's the right atmosphere. It's the right mood. Everybody will enjoy it. So it's really one of my favorites, if not favorite Elton John album and I think that this is a beautiful song I agree yeah and it's perfectly fitting like you said it just fits the mood so well I'm so glad he used it for that specific scene <laughs> and I love that it's a song not only just about you know innocence lost and all that so it's it it really is the most perfect fitting song and I've actually heard that that's one of Elton John's favorite songs of his yeah. as well yeah, and I, I was definitely picking apart, you know, or not, not, not in a negative way, in a good way. Um, uh, the, especially the last minute of the two previous from when it started, all the things I, I felt like Cameron must have been like, par- partially, at least, par- at least partially, why he chose it, with with certain lyrics that are uh, sung, were just like hitting at the right moments for what what was being on the show. I mean, her blue dress and the sky and so forth. But so, so for this minute, I mean, it's it's you know, this dark outside or light, you know, this, I think it's this, you know, is this a good thing or a bad thing that this is happening to mm-hmm. them, to her, to her, especially. And, and, and the scenes, the scenes that ensue, <laughs> yes. you know, are, are definitely, um, are, are all harken back to this, this scene heavily. <laughs> uh. Oh, yes. Well, I don't know if you want to go into talking about some of the things that we were excited to talk about. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. you, you definitely bring up some <laughs> topics here. Well, I love this scene because I also very much am a New York City person. I love oh. New York City mm-hmm. more than any other city. And even though we're Canadians and we live in Toronto. Oh. I, well, you know, you know, your home usually isn't your favorite place to <laughs> be, right? I still love Toronto, right. but New York is just Toronto plus, I guess. And I really love this scene where he's running down the street and he goes and he ends up at the Plaza Hotel, which is where Penny's at. And I thought for this, I would tell you guys some really cool, fun Plaza facts. So it's a really ritzy place now, but when it opened, it was just $2.50 a night, which I guess Mm -hmm. was around $60 today. Which I thought was oh very yeah interesting. oh yeah you're saying two dollars and fifty cents a night yeah okay yeah yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah and it was originally eight floors but they rebuilt it to nineteen and that's yeah. when it opened in nineteen oh seven a lot of really cool things have happened at the plaza mm-hmm. the popular children's book Eloise takes place at the plaza and there's this really famous portrait of her that hangs in the hotel and it was actually stolen. And only rediscovered a couple years ago, and that sold at auction for (laughs) $100,000. And there's so many cool music moments that have happened at the hotel as well. In 1958, Miles Davis recorded a whole album there. Wow. Right? 
in the hotel's Parisian room. I think it came out in the 70s, though, but you can check that out. And the plaza was actually the first place that the Beatles stayed in New York when they were on their tour in 1964. And they had the whole wing to themselves. And I don't know, have you ever seen the movie A Hard Day's Night? Not A Hard Day's Night, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, I want to hold your hand. Yeah, right. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. So that takes place at the hotel, right? That's them uh, getting ready for Ed Sullivan and everything and the teenagers trying to sneak in there. That was all true. And I heard that they actually wrote the song Michelle while they were staying at the plaza. Hmm. And that they took all the hangers when they left (laughs) from the closets. (laughs) Ah, so they kind of share a little something with William with his uh, thievery. Exactly. Yeah, taking something with them. I have a couple other cool facts. Chef Boyardee actually worked the kitchen there before he opened his own business. Okay, links coming in hot. Uh, I got another one for you. Truman Capote, he he held his legendary black and white ball there. If you don't know about this, you should. It was called the Party of the Century. The photos from it are amazing. It was like all the rich and famous, over 500 guests. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that sounds like something that he might do. I have one more fact that's maybe my favorite of all of this which was that in the plaza or sorry the plaza had really a lot of big name owners conrad hilton was one of the owners and actually donald trump okay he bought it in 88 he appointed his wife the hotel president and under their leadership the hotel's debt grew to 600 million and long story short he had to beg for money from the banks and finally had to sell it in 1995 so great businessman yep does (laughs) is um the plaza the hotel in home alone too absolutely it is okay wow yeah (laughs) yes and that's why because he cameoed in it yeah he was the owner then and you can also see the plaza in a ton of other movies sleepless in seattle the way we were funny girl you can see it in seinfeld so now now i had someone and i think it actually was the last two minutes uh, uh, guest uh, Mike uh, Josek, um, m- mentioning that we we sh- needed to talk about the apartment, Billy Wilder's the apartment. Oh yeah, yeah. So so the the idea there I think is that it's, that it's also set it has I mean it, it's it's a whole you know construction <laughs> plot of it is is based on being set in this hotel, I believe. It, I can't remember, but that's I, like that's, a that's really kind of fantastic. Probably I wasn't totally able to figure that out for sure, based on based on its plot. And I think I saw it once, like when I was twelve or something. It is a great yeah. film to revisit, okay. actually. Yeah, I go to the Plaza every time I go to New York. Oh, they have cool. a really cool kind of mini mall downstairs that sells all this specialty things. It's just such a staple, and it's right, you know, at the base of the park. So, and if anyone's curious. Um, I think Stillwater was staying at the Gramercy Park, which is yeah. pretty much straight south down okay. Fifth Avenue. I think that they're around Lexington. Mm. And I wonder where Can- Max's Kansas City is in relation to the, the you have a I can tell you where sort. it is. Yeah, wonderful. Um, Max's was a little south, like maybe three or four blocks south of Gramercy okay. Park. Yeah. And then 
from like from Max's up to the plaza, it would be about an hour walk. Oh wow! Yeah, fifteen well, twenty and, minute and, cab and ride. And so and so what we what we saw last last minute or two, what have you, William running. Yes. <laughs> you know, and as, you know, I think we assume that she's been here a while in order to do what she's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well. and so, so she she probably took the taxi. He was able to get the taxi, but you know, as a a woman probably could have, especially in the in the dress that she's wearing. Yeah. Um, but I think William was there. around like fifty or twenty first Street, and he had to run all the way up to fifty ninth. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Great. Great geography. That's yeah. something definitely last last minute. I was saying, uh, I didn't do my geography homework on this, so it's just because I love New York that much. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, and I I have not been yet, but uh, it's definitely something that's the time I list. Oh, it's great and, when and you it, love film. Probably and... a couple years, roughly. Yeah. Um, and you did mention that Penny may have been there for a while, but actually I'm going to give you the history of Quaaludes oh, yeah. and I, you know, we might want to jump back to it because I oh, do no. want to mention something at the beginning of this minute, but I read and I learned that it only takes 30 minutes for Quaalude to have an effect. So she might not have been there longer than we might have thought. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Like thirty minutes for it to kick in. That's about yeah. the time if he was running like a yeah. maniac. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll get into the history of Quaaludes in a moment. If we want to go back to, we're talking yeah. the Plaza Hotel. We're talking about just the beginning of this minute here, and Penny is saying, "You are the last of my old time friends," and then she starts talking about some of her girls, some of her oh, yeah. band aids, and she talks about Palexia. Palexia went to England with Deep Purple, and um, she, then she asks, "Where's Beth?" And then I had to think for a second when I rewatched that and I was like, Beth. And then I remembered Beth from Denver, Beth, the clairvoyant from Denver. (laughs) And just how really good, how really great a lot of these cast members are even for and then you look up a picture of Beth from Denver and she's in so many scenes she's in so many kind of behind the scenes and they are just great characters in themselves and they look beautiful doing and I think Beth is one of my I don't know if we can call her underrated do you think she's underrated but I think she's one of the best characters in this movie I mean yeah I mean I just I I I I, I, I quote her all the time with the I mean when you when you mention her being clairvoyant I, I love saying your aura is purple, purple. I mean I love that it's really fantastic that color <laughs> yeah. that's what I imagine Beth was doing all the time to literally everyone she ever met <laughs> so I feel like you don't even need to see what she's doing on screen just have her in the corner talking to someone and you already know the conversation yep. you know. <laughs> I have 100% after a couple of glasses of wine read a rock star's palm. <laughs> Let me see your palm. <laughs> see this line here? Yeah. Um, um, the, other, the other thing with the, the, the they mentioned, Plexia went to England with Deep Purple. So I did cover that uh, the, the two two or three minutes ago now um, with, uh, with uh, Joe, I think it was. Um, uh, about uh, in, in the in the deleted scene from the uh, untitled cut, 
mm-hmm. um, that that's where we, in a sense, previously learned, unless you're watching only the theatrical verse, that Plessia was on her way to the airport to go with uh, Deep Purple. Right. right. Okay. So, um, when William finally, or not finally, but he calls up, Barry calls the front desk yeah. and asks for a doctor, he says, my wife's had <laughs> an accident with some quaaludes. Uh, I looked into the history of quaaludes, like I yeah. said. Do you want to hear a little bit about it? Oh, please. Okay. So... This sedative pill has been banned in the U.S. for over 30 years. I got my information from a 2015 BBC article called The Rise and Fall of Quaaludes. And if we want to think about another Quaalude depiction in a movie, we can think about Leonardo DiCaprio's depiction in the Martin Scorsese film The Wolf of Wall Street. He can barely speak. He can't walk. He can't drive. And (laughs) great scene is pretty messed up. So a quaalude is a trade name for methaqualone, which was first synthesized in India in 1951. By the time it got to the States, people were using it to treat insomnia and anxiety, and uh, they were really, really easy to obtain. So much so that the the quaalude earned the name, the nickname of Disco Biscuit. (laughs) <laughs> i love it okay well that that name doesn't jive to me with what you were just saying i mean it's t- true. What, what, the way you just described it i mean i i equate it to you know the the upper or upper or downer and so it sounded like a downer yeah oh you know, and was it ever to, yeah to treat it the there are a few musicians who have sang about the quaalude including david bowie's quaaludes and red wine mm-hmm. and frank zappa speaks of quaalude moonlight as i had said a little bit earlier it only takes 30 minutes to have an effect and can last up to six hours and it is very very dangerous when mixed with alcohol um they when it kind of got off the market and in the 90s brohypnol came along they nicknamed like the roofie the quaalude of the 90s because it's sense. they're both quick to work, they erase memory, and it's a muscle relaxant. So that's the history of the lewd. I don't know it, if anybody calls it the lewd, but I just named it that. It's interesting it's how it had such a strong presence for such a short period of time. It's like here and then it was gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean for so good reason. Like what, 20, 20 or thirty years, maybe roughly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sixties, eighties, mm-hmm. maybe. Every time I talk to someone that was around in that period of time, the 70s and 80s, they all have a Quaalude story, Uh um, and they all love sharing it, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm happy to hear. So, uh, Is your dad one of them? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, It sounds like they were something else, though, like not heavy, heavy things, like not for the we see what happens to Penny here. Yeah. Hmm. Now, now, okay, so my my biggest question, I think, for this incident, so to speak, overall, and I mean, w- with what happens here in this minute, it's, it's, it's him going to call for a doctor. And, you know, it's, 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 it's that he's, he seems to be knowledgeable enough, because I, I certainly wouldn't be necessarily all that knowledgeable. I mean, if someone's just uh, kind of passing out, they're passing out. And to me, that doesn't immediately mean that they've overdosed 
Um, except, I mean, it is an empty bottle. Well, and, he, she did say that she know. took them as well. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I know she she said she took them, but I mean, she took them, you know, meaning to, you mm. know, to, yeah. to, 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 to really, you know, possibly cause herself real, real serious harm versus just, you know. Do you know what I think yeah. gave away the fact that yeah. she was almost about to pass out? was the look on her face at the very beginning yeah. of this minute when she's leaning up against the door frame and has a glass of champagne in her mm-hmm. hand the look in her eye that she gives him yeah is what gives it away is is what he picked up on okay. also wow. when he's wa- dancing with her her feet are dragging she like he's carrying her by the end mm-hmm. so oh well yeah well, i mean well, that, you're, you're you're saying in the latter in the next minute or so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. After he's oh, yeah, called that's it. For sure. But that's what, not if after. Everybody watch the minute before. over yeah. again. The yeah. for the first moment he sees oh, her, yeah. that look in her eyes. And that's a thing is why Kate Hudson was Penny Lane and did mm-hmm. such an incredible job in this role is for what she could do with her face and with her eyes. And I think that second is an example of it. Yeah. Uh, so, so I guess my biggest, my biggest comment based on my question is, is that so He's, he's, but he, I mean, he seems like he's, th- this is indicating to me that he's knowledgeable enough at this point, you know, or, or you know, maybe, maybe some of the girls or, or even the guys in the band or, or roadies or someone had kind of, you know, clued him in. Hey, if you're ever around and you see this happening, cause I mean, I, I it's just, even though his mother is such a don't do drugs mother, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine that she would clue him in as to what to look for. Yeah. Or maybe you know? he saw it already. Yeah. 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 Something yeah. else could have happened. Someone else could have called, you know, called for help. Yeah. Or maybe somebody, because they've all taken yeah. him under their wing had said, Hey, you yeah. see that like bottle of stuff over there. Don't touch it, man. Cause if mm. you do. Yeah. I think at the time too, Quaaludes were, you know, a pretty well known enough thing, but I get William Miller world is only just opening up uh thank god he now i don't want to miss the chance to gloss over this because muses is a podcast all about groupies about muses rock wives girlfriends and our love for them so we can't say the names polexia and beth and sapphire without i've got to know who is your favorite groupie band-aid in the film besides i mean if you want to pick penny you can pick penny but if you have any other that uh that would have been your girl hmm links you can answer that question too yeah yeah oh yeah yeah definitely um yeah for me i mean yeah because i've I've definitely had a couple guests have indicated oh yeah i mean even though like it's essentially my most main kind of co-host because every now and then i I, essentially with some guests i I do kind of assign one (laughs) that seems to have a little bit more of a of a uh the familiarity with the movies by minute concept or, or extremely, extremely um, well known with the, or, or uh, well, you know, way into the movie. Um, uh, Eric, that's Aaron Stark. He, he was my first, you know, co-host slash guess what. And, um, you know, I mean, he definitely had the take of, okay, Penny, I mean, he just fell in love with Penny when he first saw it and loved it forever and ever. But I think he even might've mentioned like Polexia, but mm-hmm. I, I think I, I, I could be wrong on that, but, um, so for me, I mean, yeah, certainly, yeah, yeah, Penny, yeah. Um, but I mean, I also kind of have to go towards Sapphire a bit. I think, you know, I agree a hundred percent with Sapphire. She's amazing, and I feel like yeah. she's like Penny, she sort of 
beyond what the younger yeah, groupies. Right. She's lived enough and she's really there for the music and she's uh, just the older, wiser uh, and, uh, of course, gorgeous. Yeah. A, a little bit of like a mother hen-ish, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Just keep, no, keeping I love track, her you know. You know, she, she, she's taking care of, uh, you know, of... Uh, Everyone, damn. really. Well, I, I was, I was trying, like Marianne with the pot. Was it Marianne? It, yeah. I was trying to think of the right name. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, this is not Marianne yeah. with the pot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you agree with that, Shanti yeah. Sapphire? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I think... For the small amount of like talking time that Beth got, she really stole the scene that she was in. Mm-hmm. And then for me, the other, the other, the other thing with Sapphire, and it's you know, for the actor playing her is Fred Zabok. You know, yes. I mean, I was one of the people as a kid, as a you know, like a eleven to twelve year old, I think, when when it came out, uh, Return to Oz. You know, yeah. I mm-hmm. definitely loved that movie. Saw it in the theater. I'm I'm almost positive, and then few times over the next couple few years you know as i was you know going through puberty <laughs> you know yeah. um you know and even though i really didn't quite get her name at that point you know it, i think she definitely stood out as she was a 90s yeah. queen for a while oh, okay i loved her i mean the craft uh oh. what was the billy or not the billy uh, the water boy water boy thank you <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> i haven't seen that forever Wow. Yeah, me neither, but I definitely remember her yeah. in it. She and I do remember um she was in like um Valmont. It was like the original Cruel Intentions. Oh. Uh, Man. Yeah, I mean Lynx is the um yeah. film buff out of us, so <laughs> Yeah. Well um going back to this one, we should talk yeah. a little bit about the graduation cuts. Wait, that's in the next yeah. minute. Yeah. Oh, is it? Sorry. Yeah. Apologies. No problem. We can- okay. Um, I'm just trying to think. Oh, Eric, did you have you talked about or did you hear about Bijou Phillips getting kicked off the set? I uh, I think a little bit. I've heard a little bit about that, and I, I, that's actually what uh, I kind of came up with the idea that you know because it seems like between her character Estrella uh, uh, or Estrella, do you have a take mm-hmm. on that? Um. Uh, you know that it's, it's almost seems like why Beth from Denver came in, yeah. Because they wanted they wanted a fourth band aid there, you know. Interesting, yeah, yeah. Her presence is just suddenly there, and then it's gone. Yeah, which is like it works naturally too. It does like yeah. even oh, yeah. if that's something yeah. that they didn't mean to happen. But yeah, I only just found that out after watching some of the. Uh, you know, in honor of the 20th anniversary yeah. of Almost mm-hmm. Famous with Cameron Crowe, well, well, what, I what mean, he there was... was saying. So I had yeah. just picked that up and went, oh, yeah, I guess she does kind of drop out of the film at that point. But I never even realized or understood why. Well, then, th- there was definitely the um, the indication that someone was kind of causing some problems. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I don't when I kind of read and heard about that, not too, you know, or, or some, somewhat recently, um, I, you know, I don't think there was that name attached that there. But yeah, I mean, it, t- it totally makes sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, allegedly she was trying to get Patrick Fugit offset and they were driving around in a golf course, golf um, cart and mm-hmm. she didn't get him back in time. And there was a little bit of like inappropriate, maybe some inappropriate yeah. things that she was trying to do and they were all looking out for him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was a, almost a bit too wow. much like the art imitating yeah. life or right. rather life imitating art. So they felt like it wasn't a safe place with her around. And from my understanding of what I heard Cameron Crowe say, that's sure. why she was asked to leave the set or she was um you know so you know i think the only other things you know that i would want to pick up on is you know yeah i mean she she does this amazing you know flip over the the couch or sofa or settee or whatever whatever it might be um you know and she's holding the the wine glass while she's doing this to start <laughs> and she does she does kind of i think she she just certainly helps william with it a bit or, or really patrick you know as as uh actors uh uh performing this little stunt so to speak that, it's interesting uh, you know, too. yeah william william maintains <laughs> the uh the wine from not spilling too much there, I, I think there are, are a few droplets I think that's and the whole place is a mess. If you look around, yeah, the whole right. hotel room is a mess. So it like, doesn't even matter. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a cute. Well, I think that's like something to do with Cameron Crowe and how great a director he is, where it is this scary, intense scene, yeah. but it's also got some humor in there and like lightheartedness. Yeah. Yeah, and um, we'll get into Kate's outfit in another minute, but the scene where her feet go up on the couch the boots were chosen specifically for that because they knew that her feet were going to be shown so those were like hand embroidered boots made especially for her yeah and we definitely had some some uh some insight to the dress apparently that that uh the costume designer uh at some point uh you know you know after the movie you know um was indicating like an interview or something that the, the length of the dress was, you know, uh, uh, determined by the material that they had. <laughs> it could have been a little bit longer. Yeah. That's actually <laughs> how actually the <laughs> that's actually how the mini skirt was invented. Yeah. Wow. So we covered this on an episode that we uh, did with Jean and Chrissy Shrimpton, mm-hmm. where I covered the sister Chrissy and Lynx did Jean and Jean dated um, Mick Jagger. You swap the names, but yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. And uh, yeah, I talked about how the miniskirt was invented just because she was going on a press tour to Australia and the her designer didn't have enough fabric. So she went out wearing this really short skirt, but she didn't have any stockings. And then it was accidentally invented. So yeah, that happens. <laughs> and it's great. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah. Is there any more notes? Um, you know, I, is there's definitely, you know, maybe one other thing that people I've, I've been talking about. I don't think it was, you know, in that previous minute, but, uh, it's definitely appears here, this, uh, boom box in yeah. the back of the scene that, uh, you know, and it was in, I think it was in, might've been the del- a deleted scene way back in one of the previous hotels. Definitely not this one. It's the first time we we're here, but, um, you know, this boom box has been around, has made its way through. yeah it's hard to miss it but you know for 73 it seems a little out of place it seems a little you know it's a a bit more 10 years later roughly my uh great 
aunt had something that looks like that. Wow. And then my grandmother on the other side of the family somehow got it. So it's sitting in her living room and I'm going to go check it out yeah. next time I'm there. And I'm going <laughs> to figure out when that puppy was made because yeah. it looks pretty similar. And <laughs> those ladies kept their shit in pristine condition. Oh, let yeah. me tell you. They didn't have any. Well, my great aunt didn't have any kids. You know. hmm. uh, anything else? For this minute, yeah. Minute 92, I think that's it, yeah. Well, great. Uh, so we definitely want to find out from, I think we're going to talk with uh, Shanti first about uh, ranking the four bands um, yep. that are believed to, or are the most commonly believed to make up Stillwater, kind, kind of uh, be, the, be the inspirations for you. Um, Almond Brothers Band, Eagles, Led Zeppelin, and Leonard Skinnerd. And you can go, let, let, let us know, are you going to go from least favorite or... I'll probably start with favorite. Um, So I'm going to, I would choose as my favorite of the four to be Led Zeppelin. Uh, When I first started collecting records and I started collecting records, not to brag before a couple, before any of my friends did. So uh, my friends, I made some friends in my early university days because they heard that one, I had a record player and two, I had just gotten a kitten. So they came over and they wanted to listen to stuff on vinyl. So I'm going to say that Led Zeppelin is my first probably because I own the most albums of theirs. I can name more songs. Yeah, that's that would be my first one. My second is going to be the Eagles because my mom grew up on them. And while, yeah, I know that like the individual band members, like they're, they've got some problems and they're, you know, they're dicks or whatever. Uh, I, if I'm on a road trip, I'll put on some Eagles. I'll put on um, when hell freezes over. <laughs> I'm going to say for my third, but I think this is going to change. I'm going to say the Allman Brothers because I'm now just researching them. Uh, I guess I didn't grow up and, you know, we weren't uh, an Allman family. So this is the one kind of band that I would have had to listen to myself. And not a lot of people around me have listened to them or been like, hey, check out this album. But right now I'm reading this book called Please Be With Me, a song from my father, Dwayne Allman, written by his daughter. And so I'm going to be doing an episode on her kind of based on the daughter's perspective of the rock star. So as I do that, I like to listen to the music as I and and I'm starting to realize that I will probably like them more than I like the Eagles. I just can't say for sure because I just don't know enough yet. Which brings me to my last band, which is Leonard Skinner. I haven't heard enough of them to put them anywhere other than the four. Oh yeah, sure. And that's my ranking. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, so many people. Yeah, have been putting Zeppelin. This is, is, is going to be pretty much the clear, <laughs> the clear winner. Um, but Eagles certainly bounces around. I mean, every now and then someone has them at their at their first, but then quite a few have them at their last the two. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. It, it's they're the most polarizing. Like, I was just of. gonna say that you love yeah. them, you hate them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we have a bit of a you know personal connection with. Led Zeppelin, and we can talk about this in the right. next minute because we're going long. But we're good friends with Pamela Debar. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's great to hear, and we'll certainly hear more from Lynx tomorrow, or I'm sorry, next week, <laughs> um, uh, with, for her ranking. Um, and further on, we'll, we'll get the more information that we usually get at the end of it. Um, but uh, e- either or both of you kind of just chime in and, and a big, big amount of plugging of your, your main show and any other, anything else you have going on. All right. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to do this, Shanti? Yeah, go ahead. And if you miss anything, I'll just come up behind you and I'll... Perfect. You know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I do. All right. Well, yeah, you can find us literally anywhere you get your podcast. It's called Muses. We also have a website, Muses Pod. We're on everything. We just got a TikTok started. I'm on there every day telling you facts about songs and muses and all sorts of stuff. We have a Patreon, Muses Podcast. Uh, What else, Shanti? So, yeah, we our podcast is pretty fun. We've been doing it for five years now. So we have hundreds of episodes and we kind of give you anything from a book review, like the one that I had just mentioned from a rock star's daughter or wife. And we read the book and we evaluate it. And we also interview these women. So we have interviewed Linda Ramon. We actually went to the Ramon ranch and we spent an afternoon with Linda and we interviewed her and we got to talk about all of her past and what she's been doing lately and we got a tour of the Ramon ranch it was fantastic we've interviewed Pamela DeBar world's most famous groupie and author we've talked to Maureen Van Zandt who's been married to little Stephen Van Zandt for many years Joe Wood who was married to uh, Ronnie Wood of the Rolling Stones so not only do we talk about these women but we talk to these women and if you go to our website if you go to wherever you find your podcast it's all going to be there jump around choose whatever episode looks good to you you can pretty much start anywhere perfect yeah that's oh man that's wonderful uh yeah and yeah it's a great show muses uh definitely encourage everyone to go listen to that and uh and uh you mentioning uh tiktok uh what what you mentioned uh that i mean that sounds interesting you know i, I haven't uh i don't have the the app i have not i've only seen things that are kind of you know, ported over and shown in, in at Reddit or else other places, maybe, um, of TikToks, TikTok, these TikTok videos, what have you. But, um, uh, yeah, that may, uh, get me to try it out a little bit here. Links just, packs just, a just lot of informa- yeah. information into the 60 minute time limit. Show has, yeah. oh my God, 60 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. One minute just like these clips. So she always has a great graphic behind her, the song playing that she's talking about. And you really learn a lot. And she's got a whole bunch up. And even I watch them and I'm always like, shit, she's good. (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, yeah, thank you both. Um, I really do hope uh, we we continue this on with you for these next uh, two or three minutes, I believe, three total. We'll be here. Uh, Yeah, that'll be great. And uh, so, yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, Shanti and Lynx from Minute 91. And until then, it's all happening. It's all All happening. happening. I am a golden god! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 